Hello, welcome into the Daily Blues Podcast on 101 ESPN.com. My name is Dan Betlock with you. Glad you're along with us. What a great weekend it was for the All-Star festivities. Great job by the city of St. Louis and all the fans by uh, representing the city very well and putting on a great event all weekend long downtown and throughout the uh, area here in St. Louis. Great job, everybody. Uh, Chris Kerber had a lot to do with everything. He called the All-Star Game on Saturday on Westwood One, and he had a chance to sit down with Bernie Nicholas this morning to talk about that. Here's Kerbs with Bernie. Chris Kerber, how you doing this morning? Good morning. Bernie, I'm doing great. How are you today? Doing all right. Uh, how exhilarating was that whole weekend? I mean, put it in perspective for us. You know, it, it, shoot, I think it was really exhilarating. It, every event seemed to have some of just hockey greats, not only from St. Louis, but so many guys came into town and uh, the former Blues rallied around it. It, it. it ended up being just a great celebration, not only of hockey in St. Louis, but of just St. Louis in general. And I, you know, I, I think the league was extraordinarily happy with everything that happened, and uh, it culminated with a huge party on uh, oh, after the All Star Game with Alanis Morissette over at uh, Chaffetz Arena. And I mean, it was really just a great weekend. And listen, I, I'm telling you, Bernie, the fans in St. Louis, the sports fans. Uh, not just diehards, but the sports fans in St. Louis deserve all the credit in the world. And the reason is, is you know, they, they sold over 30,000 tickets to fanfare. You know, there are some cities that don't do 15. Uh, it's, it really was amazing the response that they had. And, you know, they, they had five hour waits for people to take the, their photos with the Stanley cup and, and it blew away the keepers of the cup, uh, the, the amount of people that were there for it. I, again, it, the city, the fans, and everybody just stepped up, and, and, and everybody showed well. That's what I kind of said, something similar. You know, I, I try to recap all these. Inc- just, there, were, there were a million moments of just pure happiness. But I, to me, the, the, the number one takeaway to me it, it, it was, was a tribute to the fans of this franchise. I mean, I, I, they, were, they were the stars. Um, and uh, I, I think everybody should be extremely proud of that. And, we, we, look, we know it's a great fan base, but – Right. Uh, their their true colors were now seen by the by the rest of uh, the, the hockey world, so to speak. Well, yeah, and then and you you watch how you know you put that on top of what uh, what the world and and what the NHL experienced with the Winter Classic. I mean, selling out forty six thousand seats for the alumni game, which had not happened before prior to the Winter Classic. Uh, then then the experiences that they had with this team going on a run to the Stanley Cup uh, to the Conference Final, then the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, and, and then this all-star experience, and uh, it is definitely put on a map. Uh, I mean, the, the the commitment to girls and women's hockey with the Legacy Project, I think, was huge. i, I got to be honest with you, Brian. I, I thought the best part of the skills competition was the three-on-three game between the Canadian and, and the uh, and the U.S. women. I, I mean, I just, again, it just it hit so many different points this entire weekend. Um, and... You know, the heartland of hockey was a phrase that came up when uh, when the team was, was bidding and trying to get the World Juniors. But it has really become a slogan that I think that people can sink their teeth into, and you're going to hear it continue to hear it more and more because uh, with that Centene Ice Center, with events like the, you know, it, a month and a half after it opens up, a 30-team sled hockey national tournament was in town, things along those kind of lines. It, it really is the heartland of hockey, and, and I think people should should really feel proud of be proud of it. I mean, and I, look, I'm talking politicians and everybody. I mean, I know it wasn't easy to get some of the things done 
that have been accomplished over the last three years with the building. But now that they're seeing the fruits of that labor, I think they should all sit back and, and be really proud of what they've done. Chris Kerber with us uh, live from Vancouver. Of course, Blues tonight back at it. At Vancouver, our Mitsubishi Electric pregame show with Alex Ferrario begins at 8 o'clock St. Louis time, and of course. And then the Blues hit the ice at 8.30 with uh, the BMW of West St. Louis pregame skate. And then uh, Chris and Joey will take you the rest of the way about 9 o'clock on uh, here on 101 ESPN. I had to ask you, too, I... Sometimes things are uh, already perfect, but then you add a little more, another layer of perfection to what already is ideal. And of course, I'm kind of talking about the Kachuk family. <laughs> Just the fact that that they could be such a huge part of this and what it meant to the boys and to Big Walt and to Chantal, their mom and their sister. I thought that was obviously one of the highlights of the weekend. Oh, listen, without it, without a doubt. And to be honest with you. Uh, if there was anything I'm going to say a mistake was made, I don't know how in the world you give Pasternak the MVP of the All-Star game on a losing team when Matthew Kachuk played like he played and had uh, as many points as Pasternak or Tomas Hurdle had five goals and played the winning team. So I think they did that little vote thing and then somebody didn't have the, the guts to change it when they needed to. But um, but Matthew, I, I, I think the league missed an opportunity in St. Louis to make Matthew Kachuk the MVP and, and it would have been deserving. Uh, right, I agree. You can say you really have an MVP in that uh, in that uh, style of game, but the re- the reality of it is is those guys really shined well, and and it's not it's not a surprise. I mean, Chantal and and, and Keith have raised uh, three terrific kids, extremely respectful. They respect the game, they respect the process, they respect the people in it, and then they play the way they play on the ice, and and it really was awesome. And then then you go beyond that, uh, Bernie, and you know it was all of a sudden hardest shot contest and. And it's it's Al McKinnis coming out onto the ice, you know, and then it's Bernie Federico coming onto the ice uh, to pass a couple pucks to Alex Petrangelo, you know. It's it's Brett Hall being on the bench. It's Wayne Gretzky being on the bench. And then I, I got to tell you, I don't know if you saw that picture yesterday that Curtis Joseph put out of Curtis Joseph, Garth Butcher, and Brett Hall standing on that statue. Uh, I don't recommend anybody standing on the statue, but my God, was that funny as all get out. <laughs> I'm going to go back and look. Thanks for tipping us off on that one. Yeah. I missed it. Chris Kerber's here well, with us. Not, it's on Curtis Joseph's uh, uh, Twitter feed. And when you see it, you're going to go, oh, my goodness, this this is why. Like, I think those guys are still having the same fun that they had when they played. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt. Kerber's got to ask you on a personal note. You and the, um, oh, I'm going to just give it a loose estimate, the last 250 days. Uh, actually 228 days if we're talking about Game 7. So in the last 228 days, you you called uh, a Game 7 triumph for your St. Louis Blues and also then the NHL All-Star Game in St. Louis. Uh, that's got to be incredibly meaningful to you to have this this run where all these wonderful things, uh, you, you have a prime seat, prime location, and you're the voice of these events. It, it must uh, it must mean so much to you. Uh, it, it does. Uh, being able to share it with my kids and my girls, and uh, you know, Gracie put a nice post on Instagram last night that almost had me in tears. But uh, it it really is, Bernie, and, and that's why you and you and I have, have, have talked about this a little bit. You know, I, we hope that fans are able to realize what's going on, and that you're not getting too wrapped up in the minutia of ups and downs, and you realize just you know this run over the last three years to now of, of what it's taken because 
you could be obviously well obviously with winning the Stanley Cup you're looking at the best era of blues hockey but uh you're talking about you know just a run that that doesn't doesn't necessarily happen I mean again the Edmonton Oilers for example have missed the playoffs 12 out of the last 14 years the Blues have only missed the playoffs nine times in their franchise history uh, and and so you, you have to do that and and so whether it's whether it's me you know being fortunate and lucky enough to have a great job where I get to call all the action and help as Darren Pang likes to say bring it to the people or whether it's just you know a fan that gets to go to a couple of games a year or, or watch or listen uh, it, it really is something special and yeah, it, it you know it, it hits you sitting up there, and you're getting a chance to work with uh, the gold standard and of analysts with Joe Micheletti. And Joe is so so amazing to work with him, and it's such class that uh, it, it was a really really cool experience, and uh, by no means lost on me how fortunate and uh, lucky I am to be a part of it. Well, the Blues open up with back to backs, uh, you know, Vancouver and then uh, Calgary. And then they'll get a little break, and then they have another back-to-back set this weekend, Friday at Edmonton and Saturday at Winnipeg. Uh, this is a good test for them, especially the guys that were participating all weekend. Um, uh, I don't doubt these guys at all. I'm just saying it's a, it's a pretty quick turnaround. So uh, how would you describe the, uh, the you know just kind of the general mood uh, as the Blues traveled as a party to Western Canada? I think it's as tough a schedule as any team in the National Hockey League has coming out of their bye week and all-star break. A four-and-a-half-hour flight. Uh, the team We landed in Vancouver yesterday. The team went to the rink about 4 o'clock local time. They skated. The guys that participated in the all-star festivities did not skate. Uh, and then they'll, they'll probably have another skate this morning when we go to the rink here in a few hours. Uh, but the Pacific Division has five teams. Right, all within one point of first place, and we're going to see three of those five here in these first three games. But like you said, on top of it, it's a back-to-back, two days off, another back-to-back. Uh, you're traveling from Vancouver to Calgary. You're losing an hour uh, going in, and then you're losing another hour on the second of the back-to-back from Edmonton to Winnipeg. Uh, it'll be as and, and look, history makes it hard to sweep these three games: the Winnipeg, or I'm sorry, the Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton games. It's only been done a couple of times in franchise history. So keep your expectations where they should be. But it is a hard schedule, and yet this team for a year and a half is every time something's gotten hard, they've stepped up and done it. So we'll see how it is, but it's going to be a dogfight. I mean, these are some, these are, this road trip is four of the best teams in the West right now. Great stuff there with Curbs and Bernie Mikolas. That wraps it up for today's daily podcast. We got the Blues and Canucks tonight on 101 ESPN. We'll have a full recap for that for you tomorrow before they play the Flames. That wraps it up. Remember, folks, go see a ball game often. Follow your local teams. It really is fun for the entire family. Dan Betlock signing off here on 101ESPN.com.